This is The Playbook. As we do these shows, every time I'm thinking, how can we, you know, one up the last week? And this is one of my favorite people on earth. And he's brought great clarity to me for some of the bigger mistakes in my life uh, in my investment days in real estate, losing so much money in real estate and now following his lead, been able to recoup so much of it without the emotional interference that I had created for myself. Uh, this man uh, has a real CEO of real estate worldwide and of course the boardroom mastermind. So many people, they brag about knowing this person and when they find out that I'm friends with them, uh, it's like being friends with Michael Jordan or Serena Williams. They're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, can, can you get me in to talk to Kent Clothier? Anyway, let's welcome him in. Kent Clothier, welcome to Game Set Life. Thanks for having me, guys. Glad to be here, man. We Glad to have you. We didn't even know that tagline behind you. We were talking about now and next. And look at that. The time is now right, right behind you. Tattoos you, you, on my arm as well, man. Always with me. Isn't that great? Oh. Anyway, we got a special treat for you. Rick Macy may be the best <laughs> introducer uh, in the world. So it, Tom Bilyeu is pretty good at it. But but my boy Rick wants to introduce you into the show. <laughs> well, first off, Kent, it's an honor. And there's always like common threads. We've had athletes on here, entertainers, artists, you know. Uh, you're the real estate guy. I would say you're the real guy, but I'm not going to say that even though I just said it. But the first common thread, when it comes to real estate, your advice is a game changer. David has been to every state, gives real advice on the game of life. On the court, I showed the Williams sisters how to cover more real estate and change the game. So that's oh, number one. Number two, you're the king when it comes to flipping houses. Serena was the queen at flipping the U.S. Open with her serve, okay? And David is the king at his house. He has a better serve at flipping burgers. So we got a lot of things going on here. Number three, number three, you reverse engineered the whole real estate process. I reverse engineered ground strokes to help my students understand the process. And David engineers human to get them out of reverse to understand the process. So number four, number four, leader in the clubhouse, your mindset, I like that thing behind you, your mindset is right now, you never waste time. Tennis is a game of time from the waist to the feet. And you can always count on Akron's finest. He always finds the time, even if he's wasted. So now that we got that out of the way, now that we got that out of the way, Welcome to Game Set Life. It's an honor. I read your bio. It's going to be awesome. Thanks for oh, joining. That was us. Great. Thank you very much, Rick. That was amazing. <laughs> All <laughs> you right. guys it's your definitely serve, have. Literally, no burgers. It's your serve. <laughs> I, I love it. Thank you. And I'll take the serve. Um, you know, I'm going to start with the tagline because out of everything that I study, and I do study because I believe that's where the consequences, coincidences, and karma exists in paying attention and giving intention to what I want, uh, hopefully for the betterment of all. Uh, but the time is now is your tagline. Uh, how much of your time do you spend on understanding how to utilize time uh, in whatever processes or systems or trajectories that you're pursuing? Um, I mean, I could I tell you it's it's at the forefront of just about everything that uh i do both personally and professionally um i've i've never 
I'll put it this way, and this could be my own uh, jaded experience, but I, I've yet to meet anybody that is as as um, dialed in on time as I am. Meaning, and you, I mean, well, it's competitions on, on, baby. Let's I make mean, it happen. I mean, I, and, I, and I mean, you talk about it the way that I I believe about it. I know that Ed talks about it the same way. I mean, I, I just think that um, for me personally, it is it is at the top of the, the ladder for me, it is the most important thing I, that I think about. It is at the forefront of just about every conversation or every thought process I have. I, typically it's, you know, what is this at the expense of? Is this worth my time? How do I compress time? How do I get a result faster? How do I uh, frame a conversation that I'm having with somebody. I mean, it's even like that to try to get to the essence of, 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 of how to bring value to somebody as quickly as possible versus, and, you know, and sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad, but I can tell you, it is very, very, very prevalent for me all the way from the calendar to the, to literally every conversation I'm trying to have, how do I get there uh, to the outcome where I can help somebody or, or get the, you know, extract the value that I'm looking for as fast as, as humanly possible. Because, I, I, if I'm being very honest with you guys, I mean, I live, you know, I don't live in fear of failure, but I certainly live in, in fear of time. I mean, I, I imagine every day, what would, what would I be okay if this was the last one? And I, for me personally, it's that, that has served to be uh, extremely healthy, both, uh, like I said, personally and professionally. First off, I love that. There's even more common threads now. You know, I've had so many kids become really good, really fast, young. I don't waste time. I deal in milliseconds right here, right now. No stone unturned. You're wasting time. It's it's no good. So I actually love that. But I want to back the, I want to say the truck, but I'm going to back the plane up to 2010. Can you tell everybody watching the story in North Florida? Uh, when I read that, yeah. um, that made such an impact and locked you in even more. Yeah, um, I appreciate you asking about that, right? But I, I, I had been very successful, a little bit of background. I've been very successful um, by most measures at a very young age in business um, and had, 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 had conflated myself and confused myself in believing that making a lot of money and doing a lot of things and getting a lot of accolades. And, and you know, the, I, I was very, very wrapped up in all of that in my out throughout my 20s. And it made me very successful at a business level, but, you know, ultimately didn't make me very successful at a, at a personal level. And so when I effectively had to start over and restart my career, um, I, I've losing or, or effectively being run out of a business that I built that was doing a couple billion dollars a year. That was extremely humbling for me. And then a few years later, um, I found myself following very similar patterns, things that I'd already known that I was I was falling right back into the same mousetrap. New industry, new business, but now I was still kind of, you know, a workaholic doing what I needed to do on a mission, however you want to frame it, and, and wore it as a badge of honor that I was the guy that wouldn't be outworked, outmaneuvered. I was going to be on top of the mountain. And uh, I had a, a mentor of mine that I, that I, um, loved dearly. He was, he was my uncle. He had built a very, very successful company. Um, and I watched um, that when he passed away at the ripe old age of 60, unfortunately, um, I watched him with, with tens of millions of dollars in the bank and literally holding my hand when he passed away in the hospital um, six months after retiring and, and spending so much time away from his family to get to this, you know, this, this pinnacle where I finally get to go and retire. He gets there and suddenly cancer takes him. And he's holding my hand. He's hooked up to a respirator and he's a racing on a on a whiteboard and talking to me. It's the only way he could talk to me. He's like, celebrate my life. 
I just wish I had more time. And that had a really big impact on me because I realized that, you know, oh my God, this isn't about money, but, but it still did not have as profound effect as, you know, what happened just a few months later. I happened to be on an airplane, as you mentioned, with my wife and my young daughter at the time. And we, they had come up to visit me on a business trip because it was really the only way they could see me for the weekend because I was traveling and speaking and doing all this stuff. And uh, so we were flying back home, but because we had booked our flights at two different times or two different itineraries, we were actually sitting apart from each other in the plane. I was in 19A and they were in 26 E and F. And as we were connecting through Atlanta and departing on Delta and now flying home to West Palm Beach, we were about an hour into the flight and suddenly the plane started filling with smoke. And, um, you know, everything I'll describe to you happened in seconds. But uh, as fast as the smoke filled the plane, the Alarm started going off. Unfortunately, the flight attendant went into a complete panic on this on the loudspeaker. So that sent everybody into pure panic mode and everybody's screaming. Everybody's crying. The plane, they put the plane into a nosedive because I didn't didn't know it then. I know it now that if they believe a plane is on fire, they put it into a nosedive. Um, so you can imagine the chaos and the confusion and the screaming and the all the raw emotion that's going on. And unfortunately, at that moment, the only scream I could hear was my five-year-old little daughter screaming for daddy. And she's seven rows behind me. And I, I literally can do nothing to get to her. And I mean, master dropped and undoubtedly the worst moment of my life. And when you realize, you know, this is all happening, I'm about to be the statistic right now. And um, the plane had to get down very quickly. It was on fire. They had to make an emergency landing in Tampa. Uh, clearly I'm here today. So we all got there safe, but, but it was, a very nerve wracking, harrowing, uh, unfortunate thing to this day. I walk around on my phone with a video that I had recorded from the plane. Uh, my last words that I believed at the time, my last words to my son, letting him know that I was thinking about him in my last moments. And that had a very, very profound effect on me when you couple it with the losing a big business and holding my mentor's hand as he passed away and all he wanted was more time and me being on a plane and all I wanted was just another day on the planet and just didn't want to die in that moment and certainly didn't want to die without being able to hold my little girl. And uh, and we were on the ground and I can for sure say from that moment forward, the clarity that I received uh, was was life changing, nothing short of it. I mean, at that moment, any dream that I had, any uh, thing that mattered to me was was quickly crystallized down into life is not about collecting money. Life is not about collecting moments. Life is about collecting memories and collecting time. And certainly the money and the success provides all the opportunity to control time. But I have to be more dialed in as a husband, as a father, as a business leader to design my businesses, design what I'm doing to serve me and to serve my purpose. And if I have something in my life I want, I do not need to be putting it off. I don't need to be delaying it. I need to be trying to go for it immediately, get there as fast as I can, uh, because I know for sure that tomorrow is absolutely not promised. First off, David, real quick, uh, the gold nugget there is, you know, you got it on your phone, you got it on a tattoo, but that was 13 years ago and it's still with you. A lot of people can have something tragic happen, car accident, almost. They are okay for a while, then they go right back on that merry-go-round. But the difference is, 
you stuck with the plan, okay, and it's changed everything the way you look at the world. So I think that's the real takeaway. You know, a lot of things happen to people like that. But they once they get back to normal, they go back to the other way again. Yep. But you made a difference. And I think that's amazing for everybody to hear. You got, you know, you got to stick with it and feel how blessed and fortunate you are because tomorrow isn't a guarantee. Well, I've, I've taken it so far and I don't mean to, let me just, I, I've taken it so far and I would encourage anybody to do this that, you know, the average American male lives to 78 and female lives to 82. And if anybody just goes subtract your current age and go multiply it times 365, go calculate how many days you have left on this planet statistically. And that number sits on my bathroom mirror every morning. And every morning with a dry erase marker, I count it down. And if you want to get real dialed in on time, watch your life tick away and decide what every one of those days wants to look like. And that's that when you just have so much respect for time, it's for me personally, it has just been such uh, a great equalizer in the game of life. Like I just, I, I don't, I just, that's just, we're just so fortunate to be here and to it'd be, it would be irresponsible not to make the most of all of it. I love that. Yeah, I love, I love the way that you intertwine gratitude uh, yes. with time. I love the way you intertwine simplicity. Uh, knowing is, you know, Rick, one of my favorite quotes, the simple things to do, unfortunately, are simple not to do. And uh, for me, and I actually work with, you know, Rob Deerdeck and a few other guys uh, utilizing and trying to create a SaaS solution uh, with my student of the calendar philosophy of utilization of now and next. Uh, so taking it, uh, understanding the quantitative nature of time that uh, all matters, subjective and objective matter. Uh, and I think through your experience, you've realized this, that time is the only quantifiable dependent variable on all matter, uh, yeah. subjective and objective. And uh, although the countdown can be scary, I fully understand uh, utilizing time as a quantitative variable. One of the other areas that I wanted to talk about is as much as time, uh, you know, is part and parcel as a dependent variable in your personal and professional life, so are people. And the, sim the simple philosophies uh, that the money follows uh, by you teaching, and I'm thinking even within the boardroom mastermind that you give that is so uh, successful because it helps empower other people to be so successful. There's, you know, everyone I talk to that's part of it, they get a quantitative value uh, out of being in it. And it's a simple people-based philosophy. In fact, I think three of your four steps to scalability in a business are based off of people. And uh, it's an icon of mine, a logo that has one hand reaching up and one hand reaching down. Yep. Uh, and for you, you live your life that way. Uh, both as a person, but also empowering others to understand that four-step process. You have to live your life this way. I was hoping you could share the four steps to scalability because it applies to not just real estate. It applies to all uh, activity that we get paid for. And even in our personal lives, I know as I struggled uh, with, uh, you know, some challenges, people challenges of you know, being a pleaser and following and listening to what other people want. I, I, I summarize my existence, Rick, by the way, right? I was very wealthy when Kent was, and we both lost our money at the same time, but I was just buying shit I didn't need to impress people I didn't like. <laughs> that was no, guilty as charged, by the way. <laughs> That's pretty much my downfall. But thank God social media wasn't around back then because, man, yeah. I'm the guy we all make fun of. <laughs> yeah, me too. 
But uh, just real quickly, if you could go through uh, what you teach in the boardroom uh, and how we can do this with less effort, uh, a few of the steps, if not all of them, to scale our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll move through it quickly. I mean, at the end of the day, what through my own personal experience, I've kind of distilled it all down. And again, with the with the purpose of a lot of there are a lot of very good uh are high income earners out there, right? But they are forever trapped on the hamster wheel. And then it's one of these things with, it's real easy to understand whether you own a business or not. And it's, you know, thinking about it in terms of what do you get to do versus what do you have to do? And when you have to do things in the business for the revenue to come, um, then it's not a business, right? You, you, you are the business. And so a lot of people struggle with how do I actually go from a, being a hustler to a CEO, to an actual business owner? And, and, so with that in mind, I mean, I think that one of the things that's really foreign to people is to actually start with the end in mind to reverse engineer what Rick talked about. You know, something I've, I've found to be very, very, very uh, important to me. So you have to start with the purpose, right? That's the first P. You have to literally understand what is the outcome that you are trying to create, not only for you, but for your customers, for everybody involved. What is it that what is our mission? And think of it like the GPS. Nobody gets in their car and just drives, you know, if I tell somebody to come to my office, they don't just say, hey, I'm going to randomly drive up and down the streets in La Jolla until I see Kent Clothier's name on the front of an office. It doesn't work like that. Like we all put a destination in mind and get turn by turn directions. Well, most people have no purpose or destination in their business. They don't understand what success means. And so I would say purpose is number one for sure. Um, and then really understanding the next P is understanding the, the prospects. Who is it that you're actually serving? What is their pain? What, what are you actually doing for them and getting dialed in on that pain? I see a lot of business owners that they try to attract everybody into their business uh, rather than speaking to somebody. Right. Like what what do you specialize in? Who is the one person that you can make a difference in their life? And for me, like this is real estate entrepreneurs. I know for a fact exactly what their pain is and I know exactly how to solve it. So I'm really dialed in on my messaging and how, how best to serve them. What is the purpose? I mean, what is the the uh, the purpose and who are the prospects then? And this is something that a lot of people struggle with is, is what is the actual process to move people through your, you know, your, whether it's through your funnel, through your sales process, through your marketing process, what, how is it that you are moving them through the system, if you will, to create that success for them? And it needs to be defined. And when we live in a world today where people struggle and try to figure, oh, well, you know, how would I document a process or, or create, I mean, it is easier now than it, and than it's ever been and only getting easier now with a lot of these new AI tools that are coming out. I mean, it's so easy. We walk around with one of the best ways to document processes in our pocket every day, right? Turn on the video. This, this is how you do this X, Y, or Z. Put it into a YouTube channel, put it into a Facebook group, whatever it is. But this is not a, but, but it must be done because as long as the process is always run to Dave, run to Kent, run to Rick, then that's not a process. You, you're trapped. It needs to be, this is how we move through this. The next thing is, is I, I think where a lot of people get struggle is, is, Profits and what and it's the next one, meaning I'm always amazed at how many um, business owners have no idea how to read a financial statement, have no idea how to read it. And they, they write it off. Well, I'm just not good at math. Well, you know, dude, last time I checked, you know, 
<laughs> math is the language of business. You better get good at it. If you want to turn it into a business, you better get good at it, right? You need to understand the K KPIs, the key performance indicators. You need to understand a, a balance sheet, a cash flow statement, a PL, and what to do about it. You, you know, if you want to, if you want to be successful, you have to run a profitable business. And what, what we focus on, what we manage is what gets improved. If you do not focus on it and you're not looking at your net worth and looking at your um your financials every month, if not every week, then you're already behind. You can't expect to improve it. And then the last one, the last P is, is progress. I think that that a lot of people um, have not bought in to, uh, you know, to being a part of, you know, organizations that we're all a part of where we get the opportunity to, to get around our peers, whether it's in masterminds or peer groups or just dinners with friends that are that we that we respect. You need to be around people that that help you to continue to progress. Right. And, you know, a mentor told me a long time ago, there's only one way to coast and that's downhill. And you've got to keep pedaling. And that's the game of life. Keep pedaling up the hill. And um, when you combine those things in that kind of order uh, and you have somebody that is holding you accountable and, and that you respect and you admire and they're they're willing to call you on your nonsense and they're willing to push you further. That's that yeah, that kind of all starts to perpetuate. And, and any business that we go in and acquire or that we start, I mean, this is the process we take somebody through. Oh, wow. Amazing, Kent. Well, we uh, always appreciate your time considering how much you value time. And so do we. Uh, you keep pouring into the community. And I will tell you, I look forward to, as you stated, our dinners together. I learned more in a matter of a few hours uh, with the group, the collective consciousness. And in fact, if we can get Rick Macy sometime to join us, I think he would enjoy as well. The You're flipping the burgers. You're flipping the burgers. <laughs> That's right, baby. I got, I got a good right arm to flip those burgers. And uh, I, I use this as my own personal reunion. I use uh, Rick Macy's clickbait. I'm like, hey, come on my show with Rick Macy. I was like, oh my God, I want to meet that guy. This is great. And then I get a little reunion and get to introduce all my best friends to Rick Macy. So thanks for allowing me uh, to be a philanthropist and pimp out my friend Kent Clothier for the betterment of all. Uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. I think we'll be gathering uh, at Edwin's house soon, hopefully, uh, I think yep. in March. Uh, but uh, anything we can do for you, let us know. Make sure you check out Clint, Kent Clothier if you're a real estate guy, especially. But if not, if you're just someone that wants to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential by utilizing time, maximizing your productivity, accessibility, and gratitude. Ken Clothier is definitely your guy. Thanks for joining me, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Nice see you. you. Thank, Thank you. Guys. See you later.